everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Crunch for the Mythos Manual. I'm your producer, Leslie Wisniewski, and with me as always is our Game Master, Calder David. Hey, everybody. How are you? Pause for response. Great. Well, hopefully you weren't feeling much more than that five seconds that you had to tell us. Uh, We're going to just go ahead and jump right in. So the last two episodes uh, for the Mythos Manual really have been focused on the Bronze Pyramid, the first pyramid that's been uncovered by the laborers. First of three, I want to say? The first of four major ruins in Poema. Okay, cool. And then the pyramids, should we be thinking of these as like... There's only one pyramid, actually. Oh, why do we keep referring to them as pyramids? No one does. The There's Bronze just, Pyramid? That's yeah. what they've been calling yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's because it's the one, it's the Bronze Pyramid. That's the name of, the, of it. Oh, okay. What are And the other ones are just like... The Hall of Hostility, the Hall of Tranquility, and the Hall of Agriculture. Awesome. Good to know. Poor Hall of Agriculture. Feels like it was just kind of wedged right in there. Yeah, it's like some pretty like hefty names. Then this is the Agricultural Center. And then the Department of Water and Power. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's exciting to see the players kind of in a more classic dungeon setting, though it also definitely seems to have had its challenges for our, for our small party. Oh yeah, it's been it's been a good little ride so far, I think. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of uh danger lurking in the wings, and I'm sure especially for our players, since we've already seen player character deaths, everyone I'm sure is a, a little anxious to maintain their their character livelihood. Yeah, I I really like dungeons. Like I think they're a really they're a really iconic part to me too, like kind of this classic fantasy uh, tabletop gaming that like Pathfinder and Dungeons and Dragons are like a really big part of. What I like about dungeons specifically is that like a I think they test a party in a big way. You can do that through role play, but you also do that a little bit through um, like you know just like the combats and the encounters that they they come across. It's a way of uh, controlling the group a little bit and making them uh, kind of tell the story for you almost by what they uncover in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. It, you can kind of build around that and come up with like some really interesting ways to uh, tell your story that gives you a little bit control while also letting them feel like they have some as well. Definitely. And I think over the years, we've definitely seen dungeons kind of change in how they're presented, right? A dungeon isn't always a castle or a cave system underneath a dragon's horde. Uh, dungeons can be libraries. They they could be the mall and Stranger Things, right? Yeah, sure. I get what you're saying. Yeah, the, a dungeon, like what a quote unquote a dungeon is. It, it's just like a set piece, right? That's all it really is. It's a set piece that you fill with whatever fun flavor you want to fill it with, and the players are allowed to kind of explore it at their leisure. Like the best dungeons I think of are the ones that were like players can really kind of dictate some of their own choices, right? You have to give them choice even within a place where like there doesn't seem to be a lot of choice. Can you give me an example of that? It's as simple as like paths, right? It's as simple as like how. Oh, to, we like we always take the door to the left. And how to take down an encounter or an obstacle is choice. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Um, and I think there's also things that parties can maybe opt in or or out of. I think we saw that in this week's most recent episode um, with the meditation chamber, right? The meditation chamber opened up. Uh, a new area for the party to explore and there was a little hesitance about should we should we pursue this should we go into um, the summoning chamber or should we just kind of let it be for now right yeah they kind of came up across some like secret stuff and decided to backtrack before going down further so obviously like as much as dungeons can vary in style or in flavor 
I think we also see them varying in size and complexity. Sure, sure. Like there are whole campaigns that are just like it's just a dungeon and that's all you do. Yeah, there is definitely that exists like the su- the mega dungeon and super dungeon campaigns where it's you ju- you just never leave the dungeon or or whatever. Uh or some campaigns that are just like big big crawls. And there is some appeal to that, I think, for certain kinds of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, it comes back down to, like, what does your party enjoy? If you enjoy, yeah. like, tactics and uh, and really working together to take down a common foe or to figure something out, dungeons can be very rewarding. Uh, oftentimes, I, as a player, find them to be a little stifling for roleplay opportunities. But I think that sort of thing can be resolved by being open with your dungeon master and, and trying to essentially create an environment where... Uh, role play opportunities present themselves. Agreed. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly a hundred percent right. You just want to, you as a player, you should always be trying to find like the ways to like where, what does my character do in this situation. Be asking yourself, try to stay engaged with what is happening. You know, don't just. It's easy to kind of fall in the rope of like, okay, we'll just do this because it gets us to the next part. Right. I mean, a way to maybe think about a dungeon is to think about it like a road trip movie that your characters are all on. You have to be driving. You have to be progressing and moving forward to get to your goal. But like, what happens when your car breaks down? Like, what happens when someone's getting on your nerves? These are all opportunities for role play and to make dungeons uh, small enclosures for your characters to kind of bounce off of one another. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Well, let's talk a little bit about the design for uh, the Bronze Pyramid. Okay, yeah. Uh, have you tried to follow a specific template for these uh, for these dungeons? Obviously, there are some pyramids, there are some halls, there are some agriculture. Uh, but, sure. But do you feel like they've all, have you built them in a way that you, uh, that is unique to this setting? Well, what I did for this particular campaign is... I remember, okay, there was a, a couple months ago, there was a, there was making this round, was this, uh, the concept of a five-room dungeon. There's a couple really great blog posts that maybe we can try to link to them in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Check, check the description for a link. Yeah, we'll find the link. <laughs> uh, but there, but essentially a five-room dungeon is just that, right? It's, 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 it's the, the concept being that sometimes big dungeons do get stifling, as you were saying earlier, right? Like, I like a, an occasional giant-ass dungeon. Like, that, there is, an appeal to that like mm-hmm. there is like a time and a place where like we're gonna be here for months and like everyone dig in because like this is this place is a mountain and we're gonna be here and there is an appeal to that i like that i've run those that i've created and i've run those out of like adventure paths and they can be hit and miss some mm-hmm. are really fun some aren't as fun after a while they get they can get draggy if if the story isn't there or things aren't clicking if it's a little too samey it, it, it's tough. They're they're a, they're a, they're a tough thing to accomplish in a narrative game. That's true. Because also, you want every player theoretically to be useful to a degree, mm-hmm. right? And let's say the dungeon theme you pick just like makes it shittier for one player, right? It, it yeah. could be it could be a, it could lend itself to some problems. Um, and the, does the five room dungeon just kind of like keep it keep it tight? I guess, for lack of a better term. The idea of a five-room dungeon is that the dungeon doesn't need to be more than five rooms. Mm-hmm. Trying to get like a good adventure in for the day, you want a good like a good game. You're sitting down to play with people. Five rooms. It's really all you need. Like that will take done well, and like if you put the right amount of work into and good thought into everything, like that'll take a whole session, right? Like yeah. getting through a whole five rooms, like. Mm-hmm. 
each room symbolizes a different kind of obstacle. And you can and the idea of a five-room dungeon is that you can arrange these obstacles in any order and you'll always have a kind of an, a different interesting layout and design. So what consti- like what constitutes a five-room dungeon? Is there like kind of a formula or like a way that you go about building one? Yeah, there's the guardian room, then there is the setback room or like a trick room, which was the scrolls. Like it like you do something that kind of distorts things like it's a, usually an encounter or a trap an enchanted object or something, something yeah like something unexpected happens in this room right mm-hmm. and that was the guardian scrolls that's like oh we come into a library the scrolls come to life and attack your hands and wrap around your heads and blah mm-hmm. blah, blah like that's that room and then the room with the dais they open it up and found those like magical shoes that's mm-hmm. the treasure room there was room of treasure right the last room is the puzzle room. That was the room with the meditation chamber. Right. And that was kind of like a little bit of a puzzle. They had to kind of figure out, you know, they had to stand these things up, pray under them, mm-hmm. and then opened up another section. And that led to the f- another room that is even further, which is the boss room, is the mm-hmm. last room of a, fi- of not, of a five-room dun- dungeon traditionally. Okay. And so this room, which they will enter into next week... But that room will have some sort of boss encounter in it, some very challenging encounter behind that door. Well, it seems to me that these rooms almost kind of are piece, like almost pieces of like a hero's journey, if you think about it. Like uh, a big part of the hero's journey is you set out and there are guardians who are either like girding you for the tasks ahead or they're telling you to turn back and it sounds like that's very similar to the guardian room, right? There's those, there was the geist and the, and the skeleton guards that were kind of saying like, turn back, you aren't strong enough for this, and our heroes have to kind of overcome those guardians who are heeding their journey. And then a trick, things aren't quite as they seem. That's also a very classic hero's journey mechanism. Okay, sure. Uh, same for, like, treasure. Because you've gone on this journey, you receive something you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the... What was the other one that the you boss? said? The boss? There's the boss, but then there's... Uh, uh, guardian, No, the puzzle. 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 Right. You have to, like, answer a question or solve a problem. That's also classic storytelling. Sure, sure. And then the boss is using all the all of your experience from these past events. You can... The, the grand finale, like the showdown, Right, the climax. And that's true. And I think... But the only... The difference is, though, of course, with the five-room dungeon, is that the idea behind this is that you can put those parts in any order. You could mm. put the boss in the first room, Right. I've done that before. I've done campaign. Uh, we've run games where, like, suddenly you didn't realize that you're going to be fighting the most difficult encounter of the area right now. Do you find switching up that order to be rewarding? Do you think it kind of like puts players? Yeah, on it, edge? yes, it puts players kind of. It, it changes their headspace once because I think video games really condition us for that, right? Where like yeah. we're gonna. There's an area I'm in. There might be a couple hard fights on the way, but the last fight's going to be the hard fight. Right. That is very ingrained in us. So we like hold on to our resources. We don't use all of our abilities. We we hold back because we're ready for the fights later. But if you're doing that and, you know, you don't realize that you're fighting the hard encounter now, use them now. And I'm not like, you know, you really aren't going to come out and be, tell your players all the time, like, use them now. This Ma- is this is your save point. This is, yeah, like, right? Like, come in and do this now. Like this, this, You're being challenged now. And I think it breaks you out of the comfort a little bit. And that's good because you want to keep people engaged. And breaking people out of their, a little bit out of, like, their shell, waking them up a little bit in that kind of way is a way of keeping people engaged. Yeah, because I think uh, because our world is so rich with a lot of inter- entertainment right now, um, we're used to specific story beats. We're used to kind of keeping an eye out for things so we can think 10 steps ahead because we have the ability to do so. We're such savvy viewers. And I'm sure 
going through a dungeon, it's the same. Like I check the lock, I oil sure. the hinges. Like yeah. everyone, that's something that I do all the time. Like is mm-hmm. it's these kind of muscle memories to try and put ourselves at the greatest advantage. And a lot of that, for better or worse, is a little bit of metagaming, a little bit of wanting to assume certain things about a dungeon. And so whenever those our expectations are subverted, it it takes us off autopilot. Yeah, it does. You're and, right. Yeah, and even though the Geist wasn't something that the, the players fought, it was something they just kind of encountered. Right. I think it definitely cranked up the heat for everyone because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone left after that initial encounter because everyone was like, oh my gosh, like you killed a guy. And yeah, blah. they retreated for a while. Yeah. After the Geist and the Skeletons. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about um, about puzzle rooms. Sure. Uh I love puzzle rooms because I you love... D- you do love puzzle rooms. Because <laughs> I love puzzles. And I'll never run a riddle puzzle ever again for you. <laughs> that makes me sad. Just write better riddles. I can't write better <laughs> riddles. I'm just not smart enough. Don't say that. I'll, I'll say... I'll, it's true. I don't... I, 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 I'm not trying to be like modest. I'm just... I could write a riddle and I'll be like, that's really clever, Cal. Good job. And then like I'll give it to you and you'll be like... You'll look at it for like two seconds. You're like, and you're like, it's turtles. It's clearly turtles. I'm like, what? <laughs> my turtle riddle. My turtle riddle. Well, you can use all the riddles you want because I'm not playing in this game. I know. Well, I really enjoyed the meditation room. I thought it was kind of an interesting outside the box puzzle room. Oh, you liked that one? Yes, I did. Yeah? What'd yeah. you like about it? I liked that it had like re- religious context, right? It, it it wasn't something that was just like a riddle for no reason. Right. right? Yeah, that's true. Like sure. it, it applied to where they were. Yeah, that, that is the hard thing to try to do. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. It's like I was really like I was really set on creating a riddle room. I wanted like a riddle or like a puzzle, right? Like so they mm-hmm. have to interact with the environment to proceed. They have to kind of do something unexpected. Yeah. And so it's like meditation. Like I have this like kind of recurring theme of these three monkey gods. And I wanted them to kind of like – push out a little bit. It seemed like Alan really just like went for it right away and was very willing to kind of play in that space. So it was exciting to see that behavior rewarded. It's difficult sometimes to come up with riddles and puzzles that are, you know, that make sense of what's happening, right? Because that's another video game thing where sometimes we're playing a video game and suddenly there's like, you're like, oh, people lived in this place. Like Skyrim does this a lot where it's like, oh, this is the ancient dwarven stronghold and the dwarven city. There's a bunch of random ass puzzles in the middle of it for no reason. Like, why, like traffic control. Right, exactly. Like, so like <laughs> let me get this straight. So like the like, people on their way to work would have to like you put like shift the stone ten times clockwise or whatever in order to what? Go to their day job? Like oh, it was, it's hard to come up with like reasons why a real puzzle's happening. Um and so this was like trying to like incorporate like a little bit of like puzzle work along with the environment itself. And, you know, as far as puzzles go, I wouldn't even say this is, like, necessarily a puzzle. I don't know if it was a puzzle. It no, was just, it was just, like, a, a different way to interact with the environment. Yeah, it's more of an activity, right? Like, it's not like I'm trying to trick anyone. And I think that's the trick. Is like, sometimes it feels like it's a puzzle, right? Like, where, oh, there's a bunch of stuff on the ground, and the player's just like, well, we'll put it up and, like, put it in their little holes and pray under it. And, like, okay, great. But, like, you know, maybe if they'd done something different, would I have rewarded it? Maybe. If they were interacting with it and, like, experimenting and having fun with it, then, like, great, I'm going to reward that. Even if it's maybe not necessarily what I envisioned. Yeah, I feel like the, like we've all had moments either uh, on one side of the table or the other where you're in a puzzle room and, man, oh, man, it's just not happening. 
whatever the vision was, it's not translating. Everyone's confused. I remember there's a very, this moment is so classic. It happened on Harmon Quest. It was one of the best scenes, I think, in Harmon Quest. What was that? Basically, Spencer is describing like there's a mirror on the ground in this chamber that you're in and no doors and da-da-da. And everyone's just like, I, cl- I I pull on the light. Does that do anything? No, but there's a mirror on the ground and and it, it just keeps coming back like, but did you want to look? And they're like, uh, I don't know, maybe. And then the whole audience is like, look at the mirror on the ground. Like they just weren't conceptualizing it. Right, yeah. And because Harmon Quest has the added benefit of you get the to animation, see, yeah, yeah, you get to see the characters animated just wandering around this room and there's this giant ornate mirror on the ground. It's like clearly... This mirror is your way, but you, for whatever reason, aren't. Have you've clung to something else? That happens a lot. If like when you try to, as a GM, you try to be like evocative with your language. Mm-hmm. You want to paint a cool scene, yeah. And suddenly, like they latch to something completely wrong, like the candelabra, yeah. Right, and like, you're like, D- why? Well, okay, no, stop. Why? Sometimes it can work out where you can kind of run with that sort of thing, yeah. right? Where. Where, like, you know, they take an idea and, like, it wasn't where you were going to go with it, but what the hell, run with it and, like, just let the world happen organically. But sometimes, like, that can throw real monkey wrench into problems and you can't just, like, go with the flow every single time. And it can lead to some – it can be definitely a a frustrating situation where I think, like, that just means you weren't clear enough at the the end of the day, right? Like, you you have to kind of maybe – I've definitely had to do this as a GM be like, you know what, guys, I feel like we're focusing on something and I – I, you misinterpreted something I said, maybe, or... there's. I think there's no harm in, in clarifying, right? Yeah, that happens in this episode, I think. Um, there was a moment where Damius told the group where he's like, oh, I wasn't sure if what came first, the he- the geist or the haunt. And I'm like, wait, 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 I wanted to make sure he was he was yeah. informed. Like, no, 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 no. The geist you know is, the geist is new. The geist is 20 years old. This place has been abandoned for centuries. Yeah, like I right. want—I didn't want that to be confusing. Like yeah. they need to—it was important that they understand that because I want the story to have like we're all on the same page. Yeah, the story I think should always take priority, right? Uh huh. So if you know if, if they're having fun and it's gonna take you there anyways, then like go with it. And if it's really not, then to err is human. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, though I do think that uh, being a game master is like a miniature version of being a, a little god, and you just get to watch your creations run amok and not listen to you. It is a little like that. <laughs> it's not. It's not entirely dissimilar. <laughs> you just zap them with lightning. Yeah, in Suresh, great. Suresh and Suresh and Dalton uh, were really fun in this one. Suresh and Dalton were very fun. Suresh with his. So unhelpful, throwing daggers at people, like cheering them on, like ugh. I have a very clear image in my mind of like who Suresh is. <laughs> I think that's I think that's very clear. And I loved that that Dalton was like, I want to be buried in my father's plot. And Damius is like, should we just cut off your head? And Dalton's like, what? No. Bring my whole I like the idea of like he's like that selfish of like, no, 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 don't let me don't bury me here. Bring me home. And don't cremate me. Yeah. Take my whole, whole giant ass body <laughs> <laughs> out of the jungle and back home. Do it for me. Thank you. Not even thank you. No, not even thank you. Oh man. And I love that he was just like shooting people. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean, wait. I didn't love that. Right. For but obvious like- reasons. But it just seemed very in character for him to just be like, oh, I'll shoot the monster on your face. And everyone's like, but it's on my face. And he's like, yeah, I'll shoot the monster. And you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. It was so fun. Um, Cal and I recently watched Stranger Things season three. We did. No spoilers, obviously. 
I don't think it's a spoiler to say, seeing Nancy wielding a gun consistently throughout that season yeah. was phenomenal. I was like, I'm here for Nancy being our new little gunslinger. Yeah. Is that I the- want her to be a cop. I don't... I, I think, I think she like should a detective, be, like a PI, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She just needs to get to the bottom of this all the time. Maybe she's a little baby Nancy Drew. Speaking of Stranger Things, like they very much broke form, I think, in their most recent season and kind of took the same kind of like D&D type tropes and put a new filter over it. How so? Well, like, I feel like the mall became a dungeon. I feel like... Uh, we were kind of hitting the same beats, but in unexpected ways. I think it's just another fantastic example of how you can take the bones of like familiar structure, whether that is a dungeon or something else, mm-hmm. and like put whatever kind of filter on top of it, and it it gives new life to something. I think, like, yeah. like if a dungeon was like a circus troupe, right? You had to navigate all the tents in the circus area, but also evade detection by the patrons, right? That's a dungeon. You can you can pull any location out of a hat and make it into sure, a dungeon. Sure, that's 100% true. You know, there's like a... I don't know if this was inspired by Stranger Things. I believe it was. There's that, that RPG out right now called mm-hmm. uh, Kids on Bikes. It's, mm-hmm. supposed be, it's supposed to be really good. We haven't played it yet. We should check it out. We should. Maybe, maybe that could even be season two. I keep pitching new other RPGs as season two. Like, maybe that'll be season two. What about Call of Cthulhu? Season two. Mythos Manual. It makes sense. We are the Mythos Manual. Yeah. I think that's that'll just like clear up a lot of confusion if we become a Cthulhu podcast. Well, I mean, the beauty of it is that we can pivot depending on there you go. what we want to be doing. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it just goes to show you that you can always be changing up how you're doing uh, your role play scenarios for folks. And I think it mm-hmm. not only is it a good exercise for those of you who are out there creating content for your players, but also for those of you who are experiencing it. It's nice to have, in a way, the rug pulled out from you a little bit. And then all of a sudden feel like you're off the map and have to kind of rethink everything. It, it makes the experience fresh and new and exciting. I think dungeons get a little unfairly maligned in more recent years. I think because people view them as like places where role playing goes to die. Mm. You know, and, and, and that isn't not that there is a game. There is obviously some truth to that, but it doesn't have to be right. Right, like, like, exactly. Knowing that you can walk up to the gate of a dungeon and kind of be like, we're gonna find a story in here. Yeah, like you just be ready to embrace it. And I also think dungeons are a good chance for like GMs and DMs to also get to like show off themselves a little bit, right? Like world building is kind of not easy per se, but like it's more fun maybe. It's a little bit like loosey-goosey. And your your players aren't directly interacting with it right. all the and time. Right. And like yeah, exactly. So dungeon building is a little chance where you can like I have ideas and they're on a micro level, right? Like they're going to like physically touch these things. Like I might have some like big world ideas where it's like dragons and like here's these armies and like politics of a nation and all that stuff. But like, you know, you get down into the micro level of like, oh, this is like a sticky garbage dungeon and it's unattractive. <laughs> and like you have to kind of get into like, oh, look at all these garbage. I don't know why I think garbage is the theme. <laughs> That's not the, it, garbage theme is a garbage gar- dungeon theme. <laughs> it's the, the theme is a garbage dump and there's full of garbage, full of otiogs. Is that a garbage monster? It is a garbage monster. Oh, well, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then that monster belongs in your garbage dungeon. In my garbage dungeon. <laughs> but you could, you could do like a, but like the point is, God, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> the French point. Is terrible. No, don't say that. Dungeons give GMs a place where they can show off a little bit on this micro level, right? Where you're coming up with the encounters, you're coming up with more NPCs and like things that the players are gonna you know the players are probably gonna touch and interact with. The traps, the puzzles, the treasure, everything will be something that the player characters will probably encounter and they're gonna have a reaction to. And that's really exciting because like you can add like when you're filling out like towns and you're filling out other like kind of places or even new characters you want to introduce, like it's hard to know where the story's going to go, right? I can introduce a new character and have like a cool aspect about them, but like it, it might not get discussed unless I ne- feel like I must bring it forth. If I, if you know, but if it's like my this character is a secret and like the, she's only going to talk about the secret if the players like press her about it, they might not, and they might not learn it, and so like. And that's just, and that's fine, but like, dungeons have this opportunity where you can be like, here's the world I want to present, here's the series of encounters I want them to experience, and like, I can kind of feel like what that's, and like, using a five-room dungeon, or like, the layout of the dungeon, I can kind of tell a story using the layout of this place, and that's like, always really fun for me. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that, I think that, um... Having your dungeons function almost like a small story is a great way to think about them. I, also as players, right? I think it, oftentimes you go into a dungeon with the goal, find this item, kill this bad guy, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I mean, challenge yourself. Next time you're in a dungeon, find that find that moment. Find that story. Find that squeaky wheel. What's the, like, do you think I put a story in the Bronze Pyramid? Can you, like, tell a story from the Bronze Pyramid? Okay, if I had to tell the story of the Bronze Pyramid, it would be, one, we're kind of figuring out what this ancient civilization used this pyramid for mm-hmm. it definitely seems like a place of worship um simply because of the meditation and maybe like the study area maybe this is where the head priest was because there was that throne and then i don't know if like the summoning room has been repur- has been repurposed for evil purposes or if maybe the use of the summoning room brought about the fall of the civilization um those are all the questions that exist in my head but you're right like that's the whole point like exactly like I'm trying to use the dungeon here to tell, like, it's the center, like, the story of this, like, essentially civic center. Yeah. Like, an ancient civic center. Like, here's all the things that were important to these people. Summoning and the conjuration of outsiders was important to these people. Yeah. It's, you're doing exposition in a different way. Exactly. More than just, like, do a study check in the library. Right. Here's what I can tell you about the ancient civilization of Venarans. There is a lot of that, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm... Always down for a good study check. (laughs) But I do think that there's something to be said for getting a picture of the world that you're in in a different way. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for sitting down with me. As always, I'm super stoked to see what comes next for our our players as they face... Evil Archibald or good Archibald, depending on what Archibald actually is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, super, super looking forward to the boss room coming up next week on the Mythos Manual. Hope to see you there. Hopefully everybody survives. Hopefully not. It might get us better ratings. Thanks for tuning in to the Mythos Manual. Be sure to check us out on our socials at Mythos Manual or our website, mythosmanual.com. May all your rolls be 20s.